Welcome to another episode of the New Channel Sports Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. On this episode, we dive into the aftermath of the NBA Finals. Is Steph Curry top 10 all time? Is he the best point guard of all time? How does he affect Kevin Durant's legacy? Does Steph Curry hurt LeBron James's legacy? What team poses the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors next season? And what does Steph Curry have to do to be considered the best of all time in this era? Steph Curry would have to win, for me personally, he would have to win damn near two to three more titles for me to even come close to me considering him to be the good of this era. LeBron James has won four NBA titles. And in winning those four NBA titles, he was the guy. All right, he had Kyrie Irving, he had Dwayne Wade, he had Kevin Love, but he was definitely the guy that was driving the bus and winning those four titles. He has four NBA Finals MVPs. It's not even a question. Was it even close? He was the MVP of all those finals. He's won four NBA Most Valuable Player Awards. He's an 18-time NBA All-Star, 13-time All-NBA First Team, five-time NBA All-Defensive First Team. Come on, bro. We talk about two-way players, and LeBron James is definitely, in his own right, a good two-way player. Steph Curry can only dream of playing defense the way that LeBron James plays. You're tuned into the New Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. This is the New Channel Sports Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode, episode 150 to be exact. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, please do not hesitate to subscribe. You can do that on any major podcast platform available. You can also subscribe on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled N-U-Channelsports.net. We have a tantalizing show in store for you today. I cannot wait to get into the topics. It's going to be jam-packed. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Afro Vibes Television. Big, low, and the phenomenal one, Chris, have been holding it down on Afro Vibes Television. I am joined by my marvelous co-host, Anthony the Ant-Man Felly. How are you doing, man? Hey, old man, I'm doing great. Uh, had a great weekend. Want to say happy Father's Day to you. I hope your weekend was good, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, just ready to get into it, man. Yes, sir. I did have a happy Father's Day, actually, um, this past weekend. I hope you had a happy Father's Day as too. Um, Anthony, and this happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, it's a shame that the Boston Celtics couldn't pull off a Game Six victory because that that Game Seven would have been this past Sunday on uh, Father's Day, and that would have been you know something special. But you know, the Golden State Warriors are champions, and we will definitely get more into depth about that. But let's start off this show with some headlines. And now. 
Here's your headlines. Matt Fitzpatrick wins the 2022 U.S. Open this past Sunday. He is only the second player to win the men's U.S. Open and the men's U.S. Amateur at the same venue. Jack Nicklaus is the only other golfer to pull off that feat. This is what Matt Fitzpatrick had to say after winning the U.S. Open. The feeling is out of this world. It is so cliche, but it's stuff you dream of, dream of as a kid. Yeah, to achieve it, I can retire a happy man tomorrow. Congratulations to Matt Fitzpatrick. The Nets and Kyrie Irving are at an impasse according to the Atlantic. Reports are that talks between the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving have gone stagnant. It is right to say now that it's likely Kyrie Irving will elect to become a free agent this summer. He has until June 29th to exercise a one-year player option to stay with the Nets. Yeah, so uh, what do you think about this? Because I hear a lot of talk now uh, that there might be a LeBron-Kyrie reunion. And uh, if he goes to the free agent market and opts out of his deal, definitely something that um, probably will be explored. How do you see that, Oh, Do you think that that's, that's a possible? Is that the right move for the Lakers to make? And is it the right move for the Nets to wait Kyrie out? I think it's definitely possible. Kyrie Irving has had a lot to say about LeBron James ever since they split apart. So I definitely think it's possible. I don't know if the Nets can really do anything about it. If he decides that he wants to play with LeBron, then he decides he wants to play with LeBron. Do I think it's the right move for Kyrie Irving? Yeah, sure. He's going to play with somebody that has proven he can win on different levels in the NBA. Uh, I think it's going to suck for Kevin Durant. (laughs) We'll definitely talk more about Kevin Durant in this podcast. (laughs) All right. Other headlines. Kenny Atkinson will not be the Charlotte Hornets head coach. Kenny Atkinson has informed the Charlotte Hornets that he won't become the franchise's new coach and will remain with the Golden State Warriors as a top assistant. After accepting Charlotte's job offer during the NBA Finals last week, Third conversation with the Hornets organization led Atkinson to believe that both professionally and personally, it would be best for him to remain with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, yeah, uh, on Kenny Atkinson, um, I, I love this move for Kenny Atkinson. I think uh, what do you have to lose? You're winning championships. You're coaching with Steve Kerr and you're coaching uh, probably one of the best duos the NBA has ever seen, especially if Clay gets right. Um, a lot of talent there. Um I hate this move for the Hornets uh, because um, where, where does Michael Jordan go from here? I personally hoping he goes away from Mike D'Antoni. You got Frank Vogel out there, um, but I I, I, I I like this move for Kenny Atkins Atkinson. Uh, definitely hate it for the Hornets though, man. The Hornets are in a bad spot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where the Charlotte Hornets go from here. Tyreek Hill has some comments on his podcast, the Need It To Be Said podcast. He has some comments about Patrick Mahomes. This is what he had to say. Tua or Pat Mahomes? Tua or Patrick Mahomes? Obviously, like I'm, I'm going to go with 1-5 as the strongest arm, but as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. So which one would you rather have? The deep ball where you got to scramble around the field to try to go find it? Uh, you want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run. I want it to hit me right in the bread basket, just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70. All right. So that was Tyreek Hill's comments on his podcast, the Need to Be Said podcast, about the accuracy of Tua Tango Viola and then the deep ball of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had a response. This is what Patrick Mahomes had to say. 
surprised a, a little um, just because I feel like we, we love Tyreek here. We've always loved him. We still love him. I saw him out of Formula One in Miami um, and everything like that. But, um, I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with trying to get his podcast some, some stuff and get it rolling. Uh, but uh, definitely, I still love Tyreek. He's a one-of-a-kind player. Um, but uh, as you know, in Coach Reed's offense, it takes the whole team. I mean, this offense was rolling before I got here. This offense was rolling when I was a young Cowboy fan watching the Eagles beat up on the Cowboys. So, I mean, it's a it's an offense that's more than one player, and that includes myself. All right, so that was Patrick Mahomes' response to what Tyreek had to say on his podcast, and I thought he kept it classy. He didn't go too into it. Uh, it's kind of a shame that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins will not be placed playing each other this season. Hopefully, Miami Dolphins can find a way to make it to the playoffs and they can play in the playoffs because I would I would love to see that. Yeah, that would be that'd be some entertainment. Uh, you talk about maybe a rivalry developing here. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have to they have to make it. They have to make it All first. Right. The Finns have to make it. Speaking of rivalries, there is beef between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies following the Warriors championship clinching win over the Celtics in game six. Of the NBA Finals, Clay Thompson called out forward Jaron Jackson Jr. for his comments or tweet to say his tweet about strength in numbers that he posted during the Western Conference semifinal series against the Golden State Warriors. This is what Clay Thompson had to say. So this was a collective effort, and strength in numbers is alive and well. I can't wait. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing. Freaking bum. That, I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking clown. Okay. 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 Sorry. That memory just popped up. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. All right. So that's what Clay Thompson had to say. After they won the NBA Finals, he was referring to Jaron Jackson Jr. And so this sparked a response from John Morant on Twitter. And he has something to say about Klay Thompson's response after the NBA Finals. So John Morant tweeted, got a lot of real estate, which what he means is that the Grizzlies are taken up properly in some of the Warriors heads. And he's referring to Klay Thompson. And so Draymond Green tweeted, we traded that real estate in at John Morant. The property value is higher in Boston. And so they would continue to tweet back and forth. John Morant would tweet back, I'm spinning. Then they would kind of get into a little bit of a Twitter beef because I think they're playing each other on Christmas Day. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, Ant, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State no, that's Warriors. that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's what it looks All like. All right, and so then they started to yeah. go back and forth yeah, with that. Some chatter about who's who's going to be, yeah, who's going to whose yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Looks like John Moran gladly accepted uh, Draymond Green's invitation to go to Chase Center yeah. and see yeah. the Warriors at their house. So I think, that, I think that's going to be uh, – that is a rivalry in the making. Exactly. Right there. We were joking about the Dolphins, Kansas City thing, but Memphis, uh, Mem- Memphis has become a really fun team to mm-hmm. watch. Um, I think uh, that they are, they're kind of like on the cusp, right? They're like, they're like a little bit of maturity and one or two moves away from being a, 
a perennial contender in the West or the opposite could happen, right? They could just completely fall off the cliff and they become the one hit wonders uh, or, or a bunch of tryhards, right? So they're kind of right on that cusp. That that Christmas Day game, I think, is going to be a, a kind of a a forging experience for them because they're gonna they're gonna they're kind of teetering right now which way they're gonna go. All right, so that is the end of headlines, but that kind of brings us into our topic of discussion for the main part of the podcast. And the first question I pose is what team is the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors come next season? A lot of teams in the Western and let's say the Eastern Conference kind of do pose a threat. We can talk about the team we just talked about right now, the Memphis Grizzlies. We can talk about the Phoenix Suns get, get back right. But Anthony, what team to you poses the biggest threat to ruining a back-to-back for the Golden State Warriors next year. So in the Western Conference, I wish I could say the LA Lakers, honestly, but I don't know if I can not going to happen. That. Not going to happen. Um, so realistically, yeah, I, I, I think realistically, um, we could make an argument for Memphis for all the reasons why uh, I just pointed out at the end of headlines. I don't know what's happening with the Suns. This whole Aiton situation is is kind of coming to a head. Personally, I think Phoenix trades him. I think they're just going to wait for the best value to get for him. I don't think he wants to be there anymore. It seems like there's a lot of conflict, so that might take them out of it. So having said that, I'm looking at Dallas with this move that they make right before game six of the NBA finals and getting Wood from Houston uh, and teaming him up with Luka Luka Doncic. I think Christian Wood, I talked a little bit about it with Chris a little bit um, last show. I think Christian Wood is a great addition for that team. I just think that they need a little bit of help defensively with that move. Um, and these Memphis Grizzlies, I think, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Denver. I think Denver, uh, probably the next ones um, that can really pose any kind of challenge to uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors in the West. Um, as a whole, I mean, the East is just so plentiful. Pick, pick a team, you know, Milwaukee or Brooklyn could be there. Boston could be back. I mean, it's it's kind of a crapshoot in the East, but the West, I would have to say right now, um, Denver, uh, Memphis, or uh, Dallas. Mm, very, very interesting. In the Western Conference, I definitely agree with you. I think it's the Dallas Mavericks, and I do think the Memphis Grizzlies also pose a threat to the Golden State Warriors. You can argue that the Memphis Grizzlies were the hardest opponent for the um, Golden State Warriors if it wasn't for some injuries in that finals because, you know, John Morant didn't play the last three games, we could be talking about the Memphis Grizzlies being the champions right now. So I do think that the Memphis Grizzlies do pose a big, big threat to the Golden State Warriors repeating. And I like what you said about the Dallas Mavericks as well. They got Christian Wood. They need that interior offense. And with him and Luka Doncic, it's going to be very interesting to see if Dallas can can grow on what they're able to do this year. I do think uh, that Jason Kidd and those guys are going to be able to get it together, and they're going to be a really good team next year, and I do think that they pose a threat to the um, Golden State Warriors. On the eastern side, I picked the Milwaukee Bucks to initially go to the finals to face the Golden State Warriors. I do think that if Milton did not get hurt, that we might be talking about um, Milwaukee Bucks and Golden State Finals. So I do think that the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo do pose a big threat to the Golden State Warriors repeating next year if they can stay healthy 
and continue to do what they've always done for the past two seasons. I expect that they we could see them in the finals. And so I think that those are, for me, are the three teams that pose the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors. Speaking of the Golden State Warriors, we know about Steph Curry. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Let's go through a series of questions centered around Steph Curry. And this is the big thing that we've been hearing ever since he won his fourth championship and he won his first finals MVP. Is Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time? And you have the floor. I think now the conversation and the argument can be made. I mean, uh, he's got the four rings. He's got two without a uh, class A or tier one superstar at his side. Uh, He's got a finals MVP. He's uh, a, a, a constant example of of how to be effective in a ball game without the ball in your hands. I mean, I, I've said it before on this podcast that the way he moves without the ball really is some type of catalyst for that offense and frees up other guys uh, for open shots or to drive lanes or even gets himself some open shots. I just recently said, I think prior to this, after this finals win, I need to reevaluate the way that I look at Steph Curry's legacy and all the factors involved. And and I and I hold I'm holding myself to that. So I think an argument can be made. I think a big question is who do you take out? Mm. If you if you move Steph Curry up, who do you bump down? So that that's that's what it's from. I think the I think the conversation could be made. I could see him there. I could see him not there, but but in my mind it's like who who do I take out to get Curry there? And I think that's the the problem that everybody has. On all these sports shows, I've seen different top 10s. I've seen different players in top 10s. I've seen all these analysts from Shannon Sharp to Marcellus Wiley just change up their their top 10s and switch it all around. I've seen different names in, and I've seen different names out. I've seen names like Hakeem Olajuwon dropped out of the top 10. I've seen uh, sports analysts have Kevin Durant in front of of Steph Curry in their top 10. So there's a lot going on. For me personally, I have to put Steph Curry in the top 10. I do, but he's barely there. He's number 10. I still think as hard as it might be to believe for everybody that he still has a lot to prove. And the reason why he's in the top 10 for me and at number 10 is because the regular season accolades and the all-team Um, numbers that the other nine have in front of them are just better and so I just think that that has to be taken into consideration Steph Curry is like I said he's the greatest shooter of all time and that has to be taken into consideration as well and he has helped revolutionize the game okay so I cannot disrespect him and not put him there in that top 10 I'm not going to go through the list of who my top nine are. I, I just can't do that right now. I'm sorry, listeners. I just can't do it right now. But know for sure that he's definitely number 10 on my list. Who, who are you taking out? Oh, man, bro. I, I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm kind of getting tired of all of this. Who do you take out? Who do you take in? Who's top 10? Where's this person's legacy at now? I'll tell you this for sure. I'm going to start looking at it as tiers. And Steph Curry is definitely a top tier player, okay, on my list. He's a first tier player. I definitely have to say that. If I'm taking anybody off my list, I think that it would have to be Hakeem Olajuwon. 
that's hard for me. I think Akeem Ajon would be my number 10, yeah. and he will be the person I take off my list, even though, like I just mentioned, Hakeem Olajuwon, what he's been able to do throughout the course of his career in the regular season, both on the offensive end and defensive end on the the court, has been extraordinary. But I just have to give it to Steph Curry because of the way he revolutionized the game and what he's meant to the game and how he's changed the game. I don't think anybody's changed the game or how it's been played since probably Shaquille O'Neal and now Steph Curry. So I have to give him his kudos for that, and that's why I have him number 10, Ant. And that's not a – I mean, I, I could see that. I, I, I ask because I've seen so much going on in, in social media that they're replacing Larry Bird. And I just think that that – I think if you got Larry Bird that low on your list and you're bumping him out of the top 10 to put Steph Curry in, I think you – I think some, some reexamination of your basketball acumen – is in order that that's why I asked you because I want, I kind of want to see um, I got, I got Larry at least seven, six, seven. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not bumping Larry, but I just, I can't believe that that's what I'm seeing. I'm already seeing Kobe comparisons, Steph and Kobe comparisons. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of gotten a little bit out of hand, you know, but I'll let him, I'll let, I'll let all the Curry fans enjoy and bask in this championship. Uh, thank you officially from a, the resident Laker fan because Steph Curry not only got his fourth title and finals MVP, uh, he stopped Boston from getting number 18. So I have to do that as well. So I, he he obviously is going to get top 10 just for that alone. So you have him in your top 10? I do. I'll put, I'll put him there. I'll put him in 10. Who are you taking out? I'll put him 10. I think that you – I think how who am I taking yes, out? Sir. Um, I could go. I could go with Elijah Wan. Okay. I I, I think Elijah Wan. I don't. Ha, I don't. At the top of my head, I got Elijah Wan nine ten. I think he's a safe ten. I would. I would. I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's just interesting to see with all these sports analysts their different top tens and how different they are. There are some that have Shaq way up there. There are some that have Shaq way down there. And just like you mentioned, there's some that have Larry Bird up there. Some don't even have Larry Bird in their top ten at all. Some of them had LeBron James at like number seven or eight. So it's very, very interesting to see all these top tens, bro. And uh, man, I'm one of those. You had LeBron number seven or eight? I have LeBron. I, well, I, I think I have him. Last time I did a list and I really kind of examined it, I think I have him around five, oh my six. God, man. That's where I think I have LeBron. Oh, James. my God. But I saw a list today. I, I saw a list today. Let's not get off topic here. <laughs> I saw a list today. Somebody had Curry number one on their list. And that that's even harder to I mean that because now we're talking about Rushmore right. type player. I I, right? I do and I don't see that. I did hear some people contemplating Steph Curry as top five. And I you know I don't think it's ludicrous. I could understand why you might want to put him there. But this whole thing with Steph Curry winning this fourth championship and his first finals MVP has done a lot to stir up the legacy, um, the debates, and everything. So it, it has been very interesting. Oh, sure it has. Sure it has. The second topic of this discussion for Steph Curry is, does this make him the best point guard of all time? Yeah, I don't think it quite makes him the best point guard of all time. I do think that he's number two. I, I got to give it to Magic Johnson. I think that he is still the best point guard of all time. I can't take that away from Magic Magic was running up and down the court, the biggest point guard to ever do it. He had 
extraordinary court vision. He can play any position from one to five. His um, basketball IQ was off the chain, and he just came into the court, and he was ready to win at all costs. I I cannot take Magic off that list. I I think for me, when I think about Magic Johnson, he is almost my ideal point guard, right? He's the point guard that I will want to start my team with. Nothing against Steph Curry. I think he's, I honestly think he's the second greatest point guard of all time. And I I do think that he's knocking on the door, though. If he were able to do a, a couple other things, then I might have to bounce magic off that top um, at that top perch. Um, he's a five-time NBA champion. He's a three-time NBA Finals MVP. He won Most Valuable Player three times. So I, twelve-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, nine-time NBA First Team. Come on, man, it, it's magic right there. I, I I can't take him off that perch. He's still the greatest point guard of all time. And then Steph Curry's number two, bro. Yeah, great. I mean, that's that's a great perspective. I, maybe you're not going to hate my answer as much as I thought. Because uh, f- first of all, I just want to point out that I've said on the show before regarding Steph Curry, I think the era of positionless basketball really changes how, how this conversation goes Agreed. for a lot of people. Because Steph, Steph isn't a true player a true point guard. Uh, he doesn't do the same things that a true, what we think a traditional point guard will do because he shoots. That's a shooting guard, but we don't have that anymore. So that's, that's apparent. I just kind of want to poke that out there. It definitely changes this conversation. I also have magic Johnson as the number one uh, point guard ever. And here's uh, for all the reasons that you said. And then I also look at how many point guards in NBA history. Could you play one through five? And I and I and I maybe you could an Oscar Robinson one through four, maybe. But as a rookie, Magic Johnson goes into a finals game, a clinching game and plays center with Kareem out uh, with a, and they win. You know, he, he does everything that he needs to do to get his team over the top and win a title that those are the intangibles as much as the tangibles. I like you have uh, Johnson. Magic Johnson, number one. Uh, Steph Curry isn't my number two, though, um, but that's a tough one. Who's number two, though? Who's number two? I, I think top three, definitely. Uh, that's that's a tough one, man. I think, um, uh, man, it's just it's just hard, man. You have you have Zeke. Isaiah Thomas was a great point guard. Chris Paul, you could make Nah, man, don't even put Chris Paul. Don't put, don't put Chris himself. Paul in there, bro. Come uh, on, you can't put Chris Paul in there, bro. I'm just saying. I mean, if you, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't because of the titles. But I mean, you just strip away what a point guard is. It's, it's hard to because he plays def- like Chris Paul played both sides of the floor. That you can't say the same about. But Steph you got a window, bro. So, you got to win. Like, you got to win, bro. What, like, you got to, man. I'm sorry. I love Chris. No, Paul, that's what I'm saying. Win. Yeah, I think I think that the finals. I think that the finals, you know, having championships definitely changes right. this. But just from a pure, just looking at the position, it's it's again. I think that's the that's the only argument anybody can make for uh, Curry over Chris Paul. Yeah, but he but, gets four. I mean, he gets four logically titles. because everybody. Right, he, he does. He does have four. <laughs> you got you got right. me there again. I I am in the process of reevaluating. Hi, my name is the Ant Man. 
and I am a recovering <laughs> Steph Curry hater. All right. So <laughs> the first step is Look, admitting it. I'm bro. being completely honest here. The first step is admitting Look, it. Look, I listen, I did it on my show. I did it on my show. And I'll and I'll do it here. I I really do have to reevaluate how I look at Steph Curry's legacy. Right. That's all I'm gonna say. But I do have Magic Johnson number yeah, one. Yes, so I, I got. And and I'm excited to see what Steph has left. Right, right. And that's a good segue into the what we're going to talk about finished. next. That is a very good segue into what we're going to talk about next. So, what does Steph Curry have to do to be considered the goat of this era? Now, you just mentioned that you had LeBron James at number six or seven all time do you have lebron james as a goat of this era though and how long's an era 10 years in your mind like what are we defining well in this era? in this era for me you know the top players have been Kawhi leonard kevin durant steph curry lebron james those have been the top four players of this era to me and whether or not you believe lebron james is the goat you you might have somebody else there as a goal. I don't know why you would but what would Steph Curry have to do to be considered the goat of this era? I think one more. I think one more ring. Really? Convincingly. I think so. One more ring convincingly. Um, if he wins two, definitely hands down. But uh, yeah, I think one more ring conv- uh, convincingly, you know, without any kind of struggle, without, you know, without having an extra star, um, kind of doing it on his own and a, a, a finals MVP. I think that solidifies him because like you said, not only has he revolutionized the game, he's changed how basketball players, he's changed how AAU players are now learning how to play the game. My daughter wants to learn how to play the game. Steph Curry has changed her outlook of the game where I'm trying to teach her defense and, and footwork. She wants to jack up 45 foot threes. So, (laughs) so he's definitely changed the, the game. Um, one more ring, I think, I think has him up up there uh, at the as the goat of this era. Man, I'm so. sorry, and that is atrocious. I, I can't even begin to say that I agree with you on that topic. <laughs> I can't even begin to say it. I mean, just the way you're poo pooing on LeBron James right now, because I hope that you think LeBron James is the goat of this era. I think that he's the goat of this era, and it's just Steph Curry would have to win. To for me personally, he would have to win damn near two to three more titles for me to even come close to me considering him to be the goat of this era. LeBron James has won four NBA titles. And in winning those four NBA titles, he was the guy. All right. He had Kyrie Irving. He had Dwayne Wade. He had Kevin Love. But he was definitely the guy that was driving the bus in winning those four titles. He has four NBA Finals MVPs. It's not even a question. Was it even close? He was the MVP of all those finals. He's won four NBA Most Valuable Player Awards. He's an 18-time NBA All-Star, 13-time All-NBA First Team, five-time NBA All-Defensive First Team. Come on, bro. We talk about two-way players, and LeBron James is definitely, in his own right, a good two-way player. Steph Curry can only dream of playing defense the way that LeBron James plays. When I talk about LeBron James and what he has done and what he's meant to this sport, look, I want to give Steph Curry all the credit necessary for doing what he has done. 
And there was another point in Steph Curry's career where he was hot and people were talking about maybe he was bearing LeBron James and all this and all that. He is not bearing LeBron James. He will never, ever be the goal of this era. I'm sorry. He has done a lot. He is a four-time NBA champion. He won his MVP. As far as finals is concerned, he's a two-time most valuable player. One of those times was unanimous. He's an eight-time NBA All-Star. He has never, ever been on the all-defensive team. So let's let's just stop here a little bit. Let's chill a little bit. I know we like to live in the moment with all these athletes and all this stuff, <laughs> but Steph Curry, as far as the error is concerned, he will never be the GOAT. That belongs to the King LeBron James. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. I'm sorry. Did did Chris did, did or is O having an out of body experience <laughs> and Chris just slid right in because this this sounds like a very Chris the phenomenal one type of argument. But but honestly, how how many more years does LeBron have left compared to Steph Curry? I don't think Steph Curry's even close to being done yet. And I think as long as you know, with a little bit of luck and in the system that he's in, you know, yeah, he's never going to win all defensive team. That's not his game. But I could see a scoring title. I could see, you know, obviously a handful of MVPs or not MVPs, uh, all star appearances because that doesn't even matter anymore. I don't even know why we count it. Uh, and fi- finals appearances. I mean, he's definitely got a better finals win percentage than LeBron James. Uh, we can get into that. It's a whole different conversation, but LeBron James was a benefactor of a very weak Eastern Conference for years while he was there. Uh, Steph Curry has been playing in the gauntlet of the West Coast uh, forever, uh, his entire career, and it's just now starting to even out. So I'm looking at it like as we watch the twilight of LeBron's career, yes, he probably was the best player on the planet for maybe the last six to eight years but Steph's not done and if we're talking about like Steph's era like I think Steph is kind of right in the middle of his prime right now and Mm. again only time will tell but it's hard again that's why I asked you at the beginning of the segment what do we define as an era because I don't think look I don't think Curry Curry's end all be all fits in where LeBron James's era began I think LeBron was clearly the uh, the best to ever do it for the bulk of his time, but he's on the twilight and Curry got next. All right. I think he's still young enough where that we can say that I think Curry got next and time will tell, but that that's the way I'm looking at it. No, I don't have no problem with I that better. I think some of Curry's best years are coming. Curry's 34 years old, right? But Curry did play exceptional basketball this year. And the reason why his career might be, a little bit longer is because of the organization that he plays for. The Golden State Warriors have have done him well, so I, I can agree with that. But still, um, he's playing in the error and has been playing in the error of LeBron James. And I do think that LeBron James is not done either. I don't know if LeBron James will win another championship, but I do think that LeBron James can continue to rack up accolades. He He damn near won the scoring title last year at the age of 37. So we shall see. But let's talk more about Steph Curry and LeBron James. Does Steph Curry hurt 
LeBron James's legacy. And I'll start this off at, and I'm going to say an astounding yes, because of what you just said. You told me that Steph Curry only needs to win one more championship to be regarded as the best player in this era. Now, we already know that LeBron James is chasing ghosts. And in that ghost, we're talking about Michael Jordan. Is there anything that Steph Curry can do at to surpass Michael Jordan in your eyes? Yeah, play just as long as LeBron has and rack up about four more titles. So he has to win four more titles in order to do that. So Steph Curry has I, to win I, four I, I'm more exag- titles. I'm exaggerating that. No, no, I'm but exa- the, I'm just, exaggerating that. But, but, it, you, again, but talk, we're talking about the bar is Michael Jordan, right? I mean, I think the I think Steph Curry has the ability, especially in today's NBA, to have a longer a longer career. Right. If if Curry if Curry gets to seven. It'd be, I mean, I, I put him in the discussion. Right. So, but th- my point being is this, though. It would take Curry four more in your eyes to get up there on Michael Jordan, but it'll only take him one more to surpass Mike, uh, LeBron James. And the whole argument with LeBron James throughout the course of his career is, is he the GOAT? Is he better than Michael Jordan? And so the fact that Steph Curry is doing this in the era of LeBron James that's why it hurts his legacy. There was nobody on the face of the planet that was even anywhere in the realm of Michael Jordan during the course of his career that you can talk about as far as questioning his legacy. It was him as far as being the greatest of all time in the era and nobody else. The fact that Steph Curry is doing this right now hurts LeBron James's legacy and it makes it difficult for people to really decide whether or not especially if Steph Curry wins another championship, whether or not he is really the GOAT of this era. Completely agree for all the reasons I said. And yes, I was exaggerating when I said four more, but that's just because Michael has set the bar so high. Again, I don't believe that the conversation ends at Michael and LeBron. I also think that Kobe should be in. And for a long time, a lot of people thought Kobe being Bryant should be in that conversation as well. Uh, So, you know, there's no reason why Curry winning one or two more titles doesn't also enter stage left and become part of that conversation. I I, I said four because I was being, you know, I was, I was exaggerating, but I think that the idea that he can play long enough to win four is out there. And if he does that, then yeah, he's definitely, you know, in a world where titles seem to mean everything, that's, I think that puts him over. Okay. So last question surrounding Steph Curry. How does this championship that Steph Curry just won affect Kevin Durant's legacy? I'll let you start, Ant. Yeah. It seems like you got something on your chest. I've said this. Look, no, look, I'm not going to, I'm not because I've already, look, people who listen to the show have heard me call out Kevin Durant about all this time he's got now that he got swept out of the playoffs to listen to the media and getting these little Twitter beefs. It's, you know, obviously uh, we love it because it creates content, but I think that it's petty and childish on Kevin Durant's part. Um, But I, I, it, it, you can't, you can't watch this game and say that Steph Curry winning this title, getting MVP, uh, you know, finals MVP, doesn't hurt Kevin Durant because 
Durant left that team. He joined a team that was already capable of competing and challenging for titles. They were a 73-win team. He won two. Uh, They just won without him. Ball is in KD's court now. The ball is in KD's court. First step, don't get swept in the first round of the finals. Second step, choose better running mates other than James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Okay? That that's that's those are the things KD needs to worry about because this absolutely hurts KD's legacy. Oh, I agree with you. This does hurt Kevin Durant's legacy. I think that I will go as far as saying that he has to win another title in order to repair the damage to his legacy. I think that that has to be done. Whether or not it's going to be done, that's yet to be seen, but it definitely affects Kevin Durant's legacy. This just proves what everybody's been saying, that it was a weak move to join the Golden State Warriors because they won a championship before you got there. They won 73 games before you got there, and they won a championship after you left. So that just proves what everybody's been saying that you had no business going to the Golden State Warriors. And let me just put this out there, because everybody wants to blame Kevin Durant for going to the Golden State Warriors. I blame Draymond Green and Steph Curry as well, because this is a whole mess right now as far as the way everybody's looking at everybody's legacy. If Steph Curry would have said, no, bro, I do not want to play with you. I am good. Like he said about LeBron James, I'm good right now. He should have said to Kevin Durant, I'm good right now. I do not want to play with you. We can win a championship without you. And we're saying this because Kevin Durant, talent-wise, is one of the greatest players we've ever seen on the basketball court. No one's saying this about Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins and Kevin Durant are not in the same category. So no one is really upset that Andrew Wiggins is playing with them. And not only that, Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they had a 3-1 lead on the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. They blew that league, and then you decide to go and play with the Golden State Warriors. Yes, you drove the bus when you were with the Golden State Warriors, and you helped them win those two championships. But now you have to do it on your own because Steph Curry has done on his own two times without you. Okay. Not only that, if you look at all the great players, all the players that you want to say are in the same category with Kevin Durant, they've won championships on their own as well. Dwayne Wade won a championship before LeBron James got there. And then LeBron James won another championship after he left Miami. Kobe won a championship without Shaq. Shaq won a championship without Kobe. Jordan and Pippen, right. Pippen, they never won championships without one another, but Pippen did try to win a championship after he left. Giannis Antetokounmpo won a championship without an all-star by his side. Kawhi Leonard won a championship in Toronto without an all-star by his side. So Kevin Durant, yes, If you want your legacy to be fulfilled, you have to win a title without Steph Curry. If you don't win a title without Steph Curry, for me, your legacy is in question, bro. Yeah, not only without Steph Curry, man, I I completely agree with that. Not only without Steph Curry, Kevin Durant has to win driving the bus. Absolutely. Because he may have been driving the bus in Golden State, but that was Steph Curry's bus. That was Steph Curry's bus. He just just gave Kevin Durant the keys. I can definitely agree with that 110%. 110%. All right. So those are our questions surrounding Steph Curry. Let me talk about his opponent real quick 
in the Boston Celtics. And I just want to get some thoughts out about the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum and what they were able to do in their run to the NBA Finals. Now, I did talk a little bit on this podcast before in a couple episodes. I talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder and I talked about the um, Orlando Magic. And I'm talking about the 94-95 Orlando Magic with Penny and Shaq. And I'm also talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder that made it all the way to the finals against the Miami Heat and uh, LeBron James. They won that first game in that final series and then they lost the next four. And the reason why I'm making that comparison between those two teams and the Boston Celtics, those are very young teams. They made their runs all the way to the finals, and it's like they ran out of gas when they got to the finals. Okay, Orlando got swept in that finals against the Houston Rockets, and Oklahoma, they won that first game, and they lost the next four. In this series with the Boston Celtics, they they lost three games in a row to the Golden State Warriors. And it was quite evident that the experience of not only the players, but that coaching staff is what put the Golden State Warriors over the top. And I want to say this about the Boston Celtics, because there's a lot of things going on with the Boston's right now. And they remind me a lot of those young teams, especially with the Oklahoma City Thunder. You had um, Serge Ibaka, you had Kevin Durant, and you had Russell Westbrook. That was the core with James Harden as well, was there as well. And that was the core of that team. And when they went to the finals, people thought, okay, they'll be back. They're a young team. They can do it again. This is kind of the same feeling I get with the Boston Celtics. If the Boston Celtics let all that chatter get into their ear, especially right now with the chatter of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they can find themselves in the same exact situation and not go back to the finals. Because that Orlando Magic team and that Oklahoma City Thunder team, they never made it back to the finals. So what the Boston Celtics needs to do, they need to regroup, they need to learn from this experience against the finals and to find a way to stay together as a core unit. Because they do have a lot of young talent, not only as far as the players are concerned, but as far as the coaching staff is concerned. If they can do all that, I think they'd be in good shape. But history tells us that just one thing here or there, and we may never hear from the boss Celtics again, bro, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. I mean... Well, we'll, we, we got to put a caveat for the Thunder because after they lost Kevin Durant, like we just talked about, went to Golden State. So they were doomed. You know, uh, all they had was Westbrook leading the the helm and that turned into a disaster for them. Um, yeah. I, I, Jason Tatum, young, young player. That core is really strong. Brad Stevens really got his work cut out for him. He's got to figure out a way to uh, keep the pieces that they have together and find what else is needed. I honestly think looking at that finals game five, game six, especially uh, Boston, the gauntlet that they ran in the East uh, looked like it got to them. A lot of shots were coming up short. Tatum only scoring 13 in an elimination game um, and, and nothing to take away from the defense that Andrew Wiggins put on him because that was a, that was incredible uh, for Andrew Wiggins. Um, I mean, I, I think it's there. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's there. They got their work cut out for them, though. Brad Stevens got his work cut out for him, for sure. Yeah, yeah they, they got their work cut out for him, but I, I think it is possible for them to do it. They just have to keep their head together. Um, if I'm talking more specifically about Jason Tatum and what he means to that team, I did proclaim him a superstar going into the finals. 
right, because of everything that he did and how he was able to carry that team and how he was able to match up with Jimmy Butler, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and um, Kevin Durant. But in the finals, he did fall short. He did. He did not play up to what I expected him to play. But the good news is this, you know, he scored 22 points per game. He had seven rebounds per game, seven assists per game on 37% shooting from the field. And I got this from StatMuse. StatMuse is a great follow on Twitter, so try to follow them and on Twitter if you not already are. But this is our exact same stats, almost to a T, that LeBron James had in his first career finals. 22 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 36 field goal percentage from the field. Jason Tatum talks about Kobe Bryant a lot. If he really and truly has that Mamba mentality, he's going to get his butt in the gym, and he's going to work on all the flaws that he has in his game. And he's going to come back in the following years and prove to all the haters and all the doubters that he's really that superstar. I do like the connection that he has with Kobe Bryant. I do like that. I do. But he needs to build on that. And he needs to show up. And the only way he's going to do that is he has to work in the gym. Okay? Because people are already saying that, you know, he's not a superstar and that he let them down and all this other stuff. That's a young team. The expectations for that Boston Celtics team when they got to the finals was high. It was very high. And if they would have yeah, won, I already told you I would have been shocked if they won for all these reasons. They were just too young. Yeah. It, it was just, they were just too young. If they would have won that finals, it would have been unprecedented what they did. So they have a lot to grow on and a lot to learn from from that finals appearance. Yeah, man. Be about it, right? Don't talk about it. Be about it. Absolutely. That's what we do on this podcast, and if you don't know. <laughs> That's right. That's All right. right. Why do you think I? Why do you think I jumped at the opportunity? <laughs> All right, let's end off the show with some buy or sell. Should he stay or should he go? We tell you on buy or sell. All right, we just talked about the Boston Celtics, and are you buying or selling? The Boston Celtics will make it back to the NBA Finals. I'm going to do this quick. It's sell. Ooh, you're going to sell it. I I am. I'm going to sell it. Uh, as as much um, as as I think the potential is there, I still like Milwaukee next year coming out of the East. Mm, mm. I, I'm going to sell it, too, for next year. I do like Milwaukee if they're health, healthy, but I will buy it in the next three years in between that span. If they can keep that core group together, I'll it, buy it for the next three years. It must be nice to be the creator of the segment because then you could just change the words <laughs> and do whatever you want to do. Don't do that. You could just answer do however that. you want to answer. That. You can add all the caveat. See, I started to understand what Chris was telling uh, me. Here because you, just, you never tell yeah, like you know, I'm just like, look, hey, listen, hey, it's your rules, it's your game. Let's just do it. Let's just do it your hey, way. Hey, man, I'm just telling you, the next year I'm selling, but in the next three years, I'm buying. All right. Next question, buy or sell. (laughs) Steph Curry wins another title before he retires. Buying or selling? It's a tough one for you, huh? I'm buying that. Well, it is because obviously I want the Lakers to to not let that happen. Uh, But I still think that we're at least a year, maybe two years out from being competitive again in the West. So 
I would say within the next three years, mm. Steph is going to win is going to win a title. So yes, I buy that. Yeah, I'm going to buy it too. Um, for the reason I mentioned early in the podcast, the franchise that he plays for, the Golden State Warriors, um, is a great franchise, and they they put things together. All their core players they got through the draft, and they're continually they're continuing to draft excellent, and they're picking up very important players. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So uh, I'm definitely going to buy that as well. The last question or buy or sell: Does Kevin Durant win another title before he retires? Ooh. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say buy. I'm going to buy that. But I think he has to go somewhere in another team up to do it. So you're settling. Though. It doesn't you happen in Brooklyn. You said you're settling or you're buying? I'm sorry. I'm buying. Or you're buying? I'm buying. I'm buying, but I think it oh, has to happen somewhere else by him going to another team. I don't think it happens in Brooklyn. Got you. Yes. Got you. Got He's going to have to go somewhere where there's a young star. I see him winning one the same way Shaq won one by going to Miami. That, that's how I see Kevin Durant winning a title. Man, this was a tough one for me, but I'm going to go ahead and sell. I just, I don't, I think he's going Ooh. to, his decision ultimately, ultimately to go to Golden State is going to cost him. And I, I'm going to sell. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee him winning another title and being at Eastern Conference with that young Celtics team and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think it's going to be very difficult for him to win another title. I really do. So I'm going to sell. Do you think he finishes in uh, in Brooklyn? I think so. I'm going to go on a limb and say I, I think he does in finish in Brooklyn. I think that's part of the reason, like you said, that I don't see him winning another title. Um, I think Kyrie leaves before he does. So... Yeah, well, we might see that. Uh, Brooklyn would be crazy to offer him a deal, right? I just won't put that out there. I think they're, I think they're going to try to force Kyrie to uh, decline his player option mm-hmm. because they, I mean they got all the leverage right now. So, yeah, I don't. I, I could see him staying in Brooklyn, but I, I, I think if he wants to win, if, he, if that's what he's about, and I will credit Durant this is that all he cares about is basketball. Like he really does love the game, right? Uh, and, and loves playing the game. Uh, if if that's what he wants. I think he leaves Brooklyn eventually to go chase it. But but I mean I could see it going your way as well, you know. Even if he I mean, does it's a leave. grind, right? That's why a lot of teams don't Yeah, even if he does leave, I think it'll still be you hard still for don't him to think? win their title. I I really do. But you know, he he's he's an older player I too as that. well. Yeah, I I don't know how many years he has left, but I, I think it's going to be tough for him to win their title. I really do. All right. It'll be interesting to see. We got we got some good years of basketball coming Oh, absolutely. Up. Hopefully, though, we get some better playoffs. Because these playoffs were whack, bro. Yeah. Th- yeah, yeah, they were they were a bit snoozers. I mean, the East the East Coast had its moments, the East, the you know, the east side of the bracket, but uh the, that Western conference, they gotta do something about that. It looked like it looked like the old Eastern Conference. Right. That's what that Western Conference right. looked like. It was embarrassing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I never want to. I mean, I never had tr- that much trouble keeping focus on a NBA basketball game in the playoffs, it, other than this year. So it was probably one of the worst in, in NBA history. Let's be let's be real. I think the I think the stats I think the stats showed that as well. Mm. I think the viewership. I think it was I think it was one of the lowest for sure. 
So, Ant Man, you did an absolutely phenomenal job. Oh, not phenomenal. I'm sorry, marvelous. It's all because of you. You man. did a marvelous job. I, I don't want to get anybody <laughs> mad calling you phenomenal. You know. Oh he, man, he trade he trademarked that. Yeah. <laughs> that's his. Look, I hope you're. I hope you heard what happened last week. So I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, got jokes. Uh, you got jokes. Oh man. If this is your first time checking out the new Channel Sports Podcast, please do me a huge favor and go ahead and subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also subscribe on our website. That's newchannelsports.net. New channel spelled N-U-channelsports.net. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Check us out on Afro Vibes. Television is a great place platform on roku tv my man big low and the phenomenal one chris have been holding it down over there i have been the one and only O.N.E. joined by my co-host anthony the ant-man felly until next time ladies and gentlemen we are out Thanks for listening to the new channel sports podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.